0: Hi, welcome everybody. So uh, my name is Max Bayback. I'm the Chief Strategy Officer at Influx Marketing. I'm joined today by um, Adam Daniels, our CEO. Hey guys, how are you? And uh, so we actually were mid-launching a podcast for for our company for Influx Marketing. The title of the podcast is Next Level Practices, and we had just recorded our first episode uh, recently, and then uh, coronavirus happened. So We've decided to delay the launch of our initial episode and come to you with this, um, with this emergency episode to kind of cover some of the details of how we're, how we're responding to, to coronavirus, to COVID-19 disruption, and how we're helping our practices, our clients, to pivot and, and sort of mitigate the effects of this and, and help them still find opportunities to safely and responsibly keep their practices moving forward the best that they can and at a minimum make sure that they emerge from this uh, as strong as possible. Um, we're going to be doing a number of, of podcasts to kind of bring to you guys uh, the latest as we're, as we're testing and trying new things and also covering, we're also been, been monitoring the situation closely in terms of relief programs that are coming out for small businesses. So that um, our clients and those uh, in the aesthetic space and in the general private practice medical space are able to uh, take advantage of those things as we as we learn about them. Anyhow, so I am. I, we I think we're officially it's Saturday, the twenty first of March, and uh, we've been hunkered down for uh, almost a week now. Adam, I'm I am here in uh, beautiful Pasadena, California. Adam uh, went home to be with his family in. Park City, Utah, and um, how's it been so far for you, you there, Adam? I'm still
1: here. <laughs> I'll say it's a it's a different scene here compared to California. Uh, you know, when it comes to certain regulations and things that have been issued, but you know, generally speaking, I think that there's a you know there's a similar circumstance here where restaurants are closed and that kind of thing. Where you would expect that, I think, in most places in the in the U.S. are starting to experience that as of now, but, uh, for what it's worth, we have the, the lucky benefit of the fact that our company is an internet based company. And so we're able to all operate at full capacity with everyone from home. So it's, it's been okay. And it's allowed us to be able to continue to service our clients in this time of definite need. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's been interesting. Actually, I would say that there's a, this has also been a study in telecommuting for us and how we all work from home. Uh, we have had a little bit of that here and there as a company, but you travel back and forth every week from Park City to Pasadena uh, to Los Angeles, and the majority of all of our team uh, I mean I would say actually all of our team with rare exceptions when we, we need to accommodate someone who needs to work remote is work works in the office. We find that to work really well, but it's been um, it's been interesting to try it out. we've been doing and, and that's another thing we could actually talk about on the podcast for for uh, businesses that maybe where that makes sense. I know it doesn't quite make as much sense for private practices, but you may still want to coordinate with your team. You may still be able to do telehealth consults and you might still need a patient care coordinator to help you to schedule those and to kind of keep track of who you've uh, done a consult with and when the follow-ups are going to be. And, and I think there are some tips that we could share as to how we're, how we're uh, coordinating and adjusting our workflow. We've been having an every morning zoom conference meeting, which is what the platform we're using right now for this podcast. And in every evening. And if you check us out on uh, on social media on Instagram at, at Influx Marketing, you'll see some of the fun antics of uh, we, we we put out some uh, sort of humorous but but still helpful tips for working at home, and you'll see some of our uh, some screenshots from our from our big team meetings and kind of trying to just keep it fun and and uh, and and productive. But like Adam said, we're able to still be productive, which is great.
1: Yeah, it has been, and so I, I know one of the things that we wanted to talk about today. Um, we have the benefit of having Max as our chief of strategy and as a partner in the company. And he, and, uh, and his team and, and some of the team members of ours have kind of worked together to put together a pretty comprehensive, uh, series of, of items that we wanted to kind of go over today for everyone who has a, a medical practice that I think can help give you a point of cause in this kind of crazy world that we're in. And so I think that's kind of one of the first things that we should just dive right into, if that sounds good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Exactly. The whole idea is to help you um, maybe get some inspiration as to where you can actually do something and you don't have to just sit down and wait this whole thing out. So we put together on our website, you can go there, influxmarketing.com, and you'll see prominently on our homepage, a link to this blog article that we put out, which talks about marketing your medical practice during the COVID-19 disruption. And then there's uh, an in-depth guide with kind of a cheat sheet of all the recommendations that we're helping, we're giving to our clients right now and the strategies we're helping them to implement during this time. And we're going to be updating this over the coming weeks, but the immediate pivots we're making are all covered in this guide. And today we thought we'd just go over them. So the kind of the first thing, some of this is obvious. Um, It was, you know, we're a week into this and, and it's evolving, but um, the first thing that we that we really wanted to make sure with all of our clients is that we were sending a clear message to their patient base immediately. There's a lot of confusion in times like these, so posting a message on their website on social through email marketing, if you have a opt in email uh, a list of, of people who've opted into marketing, then that's really crucial and actually I'm going to jump over here and share my screen and show you guys some of the examples of things that we've done so you look here. This is an example um Adam, can you see my screen? Yeah. Okay, great. I realize for everyone who's listening to this in podcast land and not watching the video, you're not going to be able to see this, so we'll try to make it uh uh we'll we'll try to do that in a way that actually adapts itself well for audio only. We're looking right now at this um the guide that we've published, Marketing a Med- Medical Practice During the COVID-19 Disruption, The Practice Survival Playbook. And this is something that I meant, as I mentioned, that we intend to keep updating. And then we go through step by step. So as I was mentioning, send a clear message to your patient base. Here's some examples of the kind of things we've done. So we built a custom pop-up um, for all of our clients that we're able to customize for them. Um, here's a client of ours in Orlando, Florida. And we've got uh, their exact message. Um, is, and it's a pretty lengthy one. In this case, we were able to build something that would adapt so that if you had a longer or shorter message, uh, you could put this right here when patients come, and it's very important to to um, to make sure that you have something that patients see as soon as they come to the site, and they understand how you're handling things. Whether you're open, you might have patients that are that want to be able to schedule a follow up, and they're trying to understand what's going on. So, um, another example here is we put here's another client of ours where we put. Um, a pop-up here, and then if you click view, it takes you actually to a page on their site where we put a more in-depth message about um, how they're managing COVID-19. And um, One thing I'll
1: say on that really fa- fast, if you don't mind me jumping, is that part of the reason why we went to the, uh, the effort of creating a, a customized pop-up is we looked at a, a number of other solutions that were out there, but ultimately, in, in our case, for the case of influx marketing, we, we knew that we were going to need to be nimble and we were going to need to be able to update these for unique circumstances in each different state, even in each different city, depending on where your practice is located and kind of, as this evolves, making sure that whatever is being messaged to any sort of visitor to your site is the most current message. And in some cases, even just in the last week, week we've updated some of these pop-ups four or five times already. So that, that's partly why we implemented it like that. You know, whoever your provider is, if it's not us, we recommend having something that allows you that level of, nimbleness because as we all know I think we're all waking up each morning and kind of checking out what's going on and and in some cases that messaging needs to be updated so
0: absolutely and I know it seems overly obvious that this needs to be done but it's the first important step and if you um If you're looking for solutions, if you don't have a custom solution, we recommend there's a couple of tools out there that have free tiers. One of them is called JustUno at justuno.com or ConvertFlow, where you can put up a a quick and easy pop up and you can update it as you go. Another thing we recommend is that people put something, and I'm showing an example here of a Facebook page where you can see um, on the cover photo or the banner photo at the top of the Facebook page, we say, We're still here for you. Contact our office to schedule a virtual consultation. Again, just another opportunity of where you can clearly message what's happening and how you're responding and how patients can still um, get service if needed. And for emergency cases, or if there's some uh, if they want to be able to consult with, with you remotely. Um, Another thing we've recommended is that people, this is a good time while there's a lot of downtime to, to effectively, you know, reach out to your, to your patient base and your potential patient base through social media, create a lot of content. Um, this is a lot of our our clients a lot of our doctors have a hard time finding time to create social media content particularly videos which are consumed a lot even just quick instagram stories those are those are some of the most uh, popular content on social media so what we find what we're recommending is people do that a lot you know even just creating a video of yourself talking to your to your patients letting them know what's going on and then put those in instagram stories and then create an instagram story highlight which effectively will pin your updates to the top of your Instagram page um, and make sure, or your profile there. And then that way, patients have an easy way to keep updated with what's going on. And you can just, as you're releasing updates, you put them there. That's another thing that we've been recommending and finding that's really helpful. Um, next is that right now, it, it, you know, we have actually seen, and we, we talk about this in, in the blog article that's on the website, that's on our site. We've seen that even um, amongst all this hysteria, that there's still uh, a large volume of web traffic and we haven't seen that completely drop off. Um, In some cases, we've seen it pick up and we have actually seen inquiries holding pretty steady into our clients' uh, websites, which is encouraging. And I think as we discuss in this blog article, uh, that has a lot to do with the fact that people are, are sheltering in place now. I mean, here I'm in California where, where we now have statewide uh, safer at home order. I know that's not the case for you there in, in Utah, Adam. But um, right. nonetheless, people are, are very much, uh, people are very much sitting ducks right now and they're spending more time online. And as, as this goes on, for, for as long as it goes on, where I think we're going to see any hysteria kind of start to shift into boredom, and um, and I think we we we've seen it, and uh, there are certain insights that I have into how e-commerce is doing for certain brands or companies that have you know have an e-commerce business model, and in some of those cases, it's doing as good or better. And I think what we want to encourage our our clients in in the medical space to think about is how to just shift their model during this time to think more like an e-commerce brand, uh obviously it's not the same thing. Or, or you know, e-commerce or software where there is a, a cloud-based delivery model. And I think the best way we can do that is with telehealth. And I think as as people are stuck at home for, for the next coming weeks, there's a definite opportunity there here for people to think about procedures that they might have been thinking about for a long time. And I've seen we've seen some indicators that are showing that people are getting to the things that they haven't had time to get to. Um, would you agree with that, Adam? I would. In fact,
1: I'll say one thing on that, which is I've been surprised in in a number of states. I think as of this morning, it is maybe a total of five states that have an actual safe at home sort of policy and the other 45 do not have that. But I have seen circumstances where depending on the business, um, that certain new patients are in, some of them are staying home, even though there's not an order like that. And they know they're going to be home for about a month and they're using this actual opportunity to go and get a procedure that they've wanted to do because they know they can then get it and recover at home while they continue to work. So in some cases, it is an opportunity provided you can still, you're still in a state where you can legally still deliver uh, elective surgeries right now um, or any sort of medical practice like that where people can come in and they can get something done and then recover. So it's actually a really good time actually to keep promoting certain procedures and to be out there with uh, making sure your rankings are very high search engine optimization wise to make sure whatever paid ads you have are optimized and running correctly so that you can actually capture that traffic. Because as you state, Max, we've seen in some cases, not just a drop off, but an increase, the opposite of that, because people being home right now. So I, I, would, I would agree with all that you're saying.
0: Yeah, I think, and I think it's important to stress that we want to recommend that practices manage this responsibly. Um, as Adam mentioned, there's, there's states where you might still be able to remain open. And um, obviously, it's, it's important you have a business to support, you have staff to support. Um, but if, if we're able to, if, if people are able to, if it's a non-emergency uh, or an elective procedure, and you're able to still perform that safely... Um, As Adam mentioned, yeah, there are there are people who would actually take advantage of this time to get through their recoveries and so forth. But even if not actually going and doing a an elective procedure right now, they're they're definitely researching it. Um, And there are some advantages, there are some strategies that you can take advantage of. We'll talk about here and in in our on our website that we think you know this is a great time to fill up your pipeline for future surgeries. Um, So I'll jump back over here to to share my screen and show you guys. So the thing really
1: fast about virtual consultations, just just literally uh, yesterday or the day before that, I was helping one of our clients do a Reddit, ask me anything, which is where you can go on Reddit, uh, the platform Reddit and have people ask you questions about certain things. We've helped Mm -hmm. some of our clients do that during this time period, because it's also a good way to get out there and get content out there. But just before that, um, I was talking with this particular client of ours and, and they're, they're, they've been doing virtual consultations for a long period of time, like they've been pretty early to that game. And uh, it was interesting to see that they've, they've had an increase in the amount of virtual consultation they've done. And the, all they're really doing is just, they're in one of the states where they're impacted by this. And so their doors are closed, but they're just booking up their schedule for the moment that this, this whole thing kind of lifts to make sure that they can ramp out of it really quickly. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so as we talk about in our article, um, you know, telehealth is not a new thing, but it's something that, that I think private practices uh, in the aesthetic space has, has yet to fully embrace. And I think, you know, talking with, with my clients over the years, there's been some skittishness about it because it's, it's already an issue within, particularly in aesthetics, the, the challenge of having people come in for a consult simply to get your price and, and to price shop. And if we open the door to to you know virtual consults widely as a new norm or video consults, I think there's been some some concern that that's just going to make that problem worse. There's also some ambiguities over HIPAA compliance and patient privacy and right now, all of that has dramatically changed, which I think is I think this um, is going to be interesting to see how how practices shift and if this changes the nature and the and the landscape of how of telemedicine for private practices after COVID 19? I, I think, I tend to think that there's no chance it won't. Um, we've already seen, it was Friday the 13th, ominously enough, but Friday, March 13th, um, the president announced that he effectively sort of said, you know, we're going to allow telemedicine, we're going to re- remove any ambiguities around telemedicine, go. And that was a great opportunity. And then a few days later, he actually, they said they're suspending any HIPAA penalties, which makes it even easier to just pick a platform. You know, we, we know doctors who have been using FaceTime and Skype, and in some cases, we've advised them that that may not be entirely HIPAA compliant. There are some, some question marks around that. And right now, you can use any platform, which I think is... A, a huge advantage. Um, it also makes it easy to just accommodate the, whatever's easiest for the patient, instead of having to go back and forth, sending them links and getting them to download software and things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I've specifically brought that up to a number of different. I, I probably spent the last week talking to a hundred different practices or more, and uh, it's been surprising to hear that a number of doctors didn't know that that was something that was recently that that announcement was made. So. With relative impunity right now, you can use pretty much any platform. Although it's important to keep in mind that as this evolves, I do think that this is going to result in some changes that stick for maybe forever. But I think it's important to stay tuned on how that evolves as this whole thing kind of winds down, whenever that is, to make sure that um, there are some platforms we do recommend, like Zoom has a really good telehealth platform, which is completely HIPAA compliant. Um, and it allows you to do some sort of texting and sharing in case you have a patient who wants to share before and after images and you don't want to do that via. A mobile device in your office that you don't want to give the phone number out for, or whatever the circumstance may be. Um, however, for the time being, uh, due to you know, I've had some people ask me because the, there's it's a it's a it's a bit of a cost to use Zoom, but for now you can just use whatever. So yeah, I think it's uh, we, we're encouraging everyone to use it, and from what it's worth, for what it's worth, I think probably we have a hundred percent rate of our clients who are shifting onto telehealth right now. Definitely, yeah.
0: Uh, good, it's a good point you bring up about uh, Zoom and the HIPAA compliance because I think I, I don't think the legislation or the, the rules around it or the laws around it is the only thing to be concerned with. I think patients, particularly if you are in the aesthetic space, are still going to be sensitive to knowing that the platform you're using is extremely safe. Um, and, and so I think there's still reason to try to look at a HIPAA compliant platform and also to just build in good habits now because it's going to change as you mentioned Adam we need to monitor this and we'll keep we'll keep you guys updated as we're monitoring the situation and as we're putting out more content on this but i think it's just important to 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 be able to reassure your patients that you're using something that really is up to par or beyond and zoom is a good solution it does have a cost i think it's about a 199 bucks a month i think um at this time that's probably well worth it because it might be the only way in certain states that you can see patients right now um, and as Adam mentioned, it has the ability to, you can securely transmit, you know, have a, a patient send photos to you th- through the same secure interface, which makes it seamless and kind of just a, an all-in-one solution, which we think is really great. Yep. So some of the things we've been doing with that is helping, also helping our our clients to message the fact that they're offering video consults. So you see here again at the top of this Facebook page, we mentioned a contact our offices to schedule a virtual consultation. Here we have a post, attention all patients. We want you to know we are still here for you. Uh, we are now conducting telehealth video appointments and consults, and we have this nice image that we put together that shows the doctor um, doing a consult on an iPhone with a patient. Um, another, another example here at the top of the page here on the website, we say now offering video appointments. And here's a more in-depth example for, for a different practice, not in the aesthetic space. This is actually an ENT. Uh, we prominently displayed all over their homepage new virtual appointments um, to better help fight off the chances of spread of COVID nineteen. We have launched our new telemedicine appointments. We have a button right below that says schedule a telemedicine appointment or learn about our telemedicine. And right up in the header, there's a virtual appointment call to action. So we went very heavy on this site here. Uh, there's even One more. One thing I'll say below. in relation
1: to this particular practice, which I think anyone who who has uh, an element of their Practice which has insurance on the side of it, if it's not, or an entirely non-aesthetic practice which is medical focus. Um, from my understanding, and again, I, I, I need to admittedly dive a little deeper into the whole subject. I believe with this recent pivot that's happened, that even a virtual consultation would be something that is applicable for insurance billing and things like related to that for someone like an ENT, for example. So that's also part of this whole pivot with that. Now that it's just sort of a go. Uh, From what I understand, it's in the realm of still being collectible with insurance for those visits. So,
0: Yeah, that's that's an excellent point. Um, Here's a more in-depth page on this same site about um, telemedicine virtual appointments. And we recommend if you can do this, this is discussed in the guide that we put out on our website. We recommend if you can do this to give people a little bit more information. And here's a step-by-step of how it works. And then a form where they can request, uh, request a virtual appointment. Um. so th- I think these are just again uh, recommendations we have prominently message it through your social media on your website create a dedicated page for it explaining to clients or to patients how it works and how they can avail themselves of it and um and who is who it makes sense for what sort of appointments or consults can be done through uh, a virtual consult Um. and also again if you can do it on email as well we've been I don't have any examples here to pull up on my screen at the moment but we've been handling for our clients who have opted in um, lists of people who've opted into marketing Um, a steady stream of emails, keeping them updated on the situation and also messaging to them other things that they're doing um, at the practice, which we'll get into a little bit more later. Um, Here's another example of virtual consultations. This is right on the homepage of this website for a client of ours in New York city and in Manhattan. And, Click here, and again, we come to a page where uh, you'll be able to request a virtual consultation. Um, so these things are so this. That's kind of one of the the most important aspects of of the strategy is is pivoting into into virtual consultations and telehealth. We give some more tips in the guide here um, on exactly how you should set that up. Next thing is that we've been looking at is adjusting advertising strategies for all of our clients. Um, we do think there are opportunities to advertise during this time. That doesn't mean though, that you don't need to adjust your strategy. In some cases, as we talked about, there's more people going online. There might be even increased opportunities and other people dialing back um, competitors or other practices dialing back on their spends, which is as long as search traffic stays consistent within certain, uh, certain procedures or c- certain interests, you might actually be able to take advantage of getting a bigger piece of the pie and maybe even at a potentially at a cheaper cost, depending. Um, I don't know if Adam, if you want to speak to some of the strategies that that we're rolling out for clients there.
1: Yeah. I mean, everything you said is true. I think that, you know, we've seen in a handful of our markets, um, you know, there's been a significant pullback by some of the competitors. Uh, Interestingly enough, are the practices that we represent in those particular markets, are in a place where they're interested in putting the budgets into it right now. And so it's, it's allowed them to get a cheaper cost per click and to drive more traffic as a result for key procedures, not, not just only surgical, but also some non-surgical stuff that we've been helping them do, uh, which we'll cover a little bit later in this talk today um, about future selling of certain non, non-surgical pro, uh, services. But yeah, it's, it's allowed them, you know, we look at every market, like it's a giant pie. And so essentially they're getting more of that. They're taking more market share in those markets during this time where uh, a competitor has pulled it back. So it's, it's just a matter of what, you know, like anything, what's your level of risk. Um, and I think that we're recommending unless someone really doesn't have the budget for it, which we will make sure that we, we trim it back. We still are recommending some level and we're, and we're normally making sure to adjust those strategies for, Procedures that are going to be more uh, potentially easier to deliver in a circumstance like this, uh, because there are some elements on the on the fringes of elective, where some of it can actually be a necessary medical procedure for a client. And so, in certain cases, in certain markets, we've done that in order to help those those clients be prepared, and their ads are running on those.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about some of the strategies that we do recommend. Yeah, I think I would say a large case, a large majority are dialing back some. Some people are not dialing back at all. Again, like Adam mentioned, it has to do with your risk tolerance, what your budgets are, what your financial runway is, so to speak. So everybody needs to look at this individually. It would be irresponsible for us to say, you know, everyone should be spending advertising dollars. It may not make sense to you. But here are some strategies that might make sense. Um, First of all, on on both Google and Facebook, uh, putting up campaigns an ad copy that heavily features ad creative that heavily features the fact that you're now offering video consultations. We we've we've successfully implemented on Facebook, some lead form ads, which uh, work pretty well in generally speaking um, to, and with a nice creative, a nice visual that goes along with it saying, Hey, we're now offering video consults, submit your information here to, to, uh, to request an appointment. Um, Generally speaking, Facebook ads are, in regular times and across the boards, never as hot as Google ads. And that's really could be a subject uh, of a whole entirely other podcast. But, um, but that's something that's worth trying on Facebook, generalized um, ads, promoting virtual consults. Also, generalized plastic surgery campaigns or, or whatever your, your specialty is on Google. And then targeting, targeting, maybe just general keywords, but Featuring heavily in the ad copy that you're now offering virtual consultations, so those are some ideas. And then there's also pivots that you can make, as Adam was sort of alluding to, to things that might be considered more necessity, more necessary procedures, emergencies, or non elective. Some examples are um, breast implant recall uh, or removals for recalled implants. Whether you are, whether person, whether the person is going to do that surgery during this time is another question. But we think that there's still demand for that where a person might not put that on hold and they might at least try to put those things in place uh, or start to get uh, a, a plan in place.
1: I'll say something on that, which is just, you know, part of it. And I think it really depends on, there's two sides of this. One is the optics of making sure that you're responsibly operating your practice and you're not going and doing procedures public relations wise when maybe it would be completely okay and healthy to do so, but you wouldn't want to make sure that, you know, Again, every practice has their own circumstances and you need to take that into account when you're evaluating if, A, if you can even do it, if you have a, your own surgery center or a circumstance like that, right. your own OR. Um, but if you can, I mean, another example is um, one practice that we, we work with, they have made a pivot over to doing like certain skin cancer, skin lesion type, type surgeries. Granted, that's mostly done by dermatologists. However, they, those, some dermatologists normally have a six to nine month wait on some of that stuff. And so uh, this particular surgeon is skilled at doing that particular type of surgery. And it's something that you need to do no matter what. And you can go and do during a time like this, that person has their own OR. And so they're continuing to operate in that regards. And that is in a state where there is a, uh, it's one of the, one of the five States that has a shutdown right now. So they're able to continue to operate and they're going to continue to do that as long as they can. And kind of the, the messaging that they're using to their community is, even in this time, like they're, they're being sensitive to not just doing elective surgeries for aesthetic purposes only, but providing necessary and important medical services to their community. And there are certain procedures where you can look at, as, as each of you have your own practices and your own kind of things that you prefer or you feel comfortable or specialized in doing that type of procedure, if there's anything where that might make sense for you, so something to consider.
0: Yeah, and some other pivots that we've seen are people. Uh, I've seen several practices. We put up content for them, new pages covering uh, things like uh, laceration repair, um, and and I know there are surgeries that that oftentimes, um, if you're a plastic surgeon, are not your favorite, and maybe you would opt out of doing that. But but right now, might make more sense, like lipomas and things like that. Um, and we've even had um, uh, several clients pivoting their efforts over into med legal campaigns. That's another opportunity. So there are some interesting opportunities of of where you can pivot your ad strategy to during this time. Yeah, so then another thing that we've been recommending to people here is, uh, and we've set this up for a number of our clients, is um, pre-selling services. Uh, Adam, you just shared with me a tweet yesterday about a restaurant in new york and we were kind of laughing because it's sort of similar to what the strategy we've been um we've been rolling out for some of our particularly med spa clients or plastic surgery practices that have med spas but what were they doing at that new york uh, the new york restaurant i think
1: the way that they worded in the tweet is they talked about that they were selling bonds basically they're selling they're selling future meals so for $100, $100, you get, I think it's $125 or something like that worth of service, if I'm not mistaken. And and they're basically, it, another way of looking at it, rather than calling it bonds, but basically it's like selling gift cards. You're you're pre-selling meals for the future with a with a certain discount on that future service that you would get from that restaurant. And believe it or not, there was a number of people buying them in New York City because it was a very nice restaurant and it was a good deal. And there are people who are legitimately whether it's looking for stocks or they're just straight deal shopping. They know that this is not going to last forever and they're looking for certain um, certain deals they can get in this time. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting because there's a lot of people, especially in the investment world, that think like, you know, kind of buy low. They're looking for buy low opportunities. They're speculators. They're, they're uh, bottom feeders. And I think it's interesting because to think about how that can move over into other industries and get people kind of, you know, thinking that same way, the, leveraging those same instincts that people have in the restaurant space. I never would have thought of it, but I guess it's working. Yeah. And it's, I think there's also a sense of community there um, where people want to support. Because the tweet that you sent me was about someone saying they would happily support this community restaurant, even if maybe that restaurant's going to go out of business during this time. They don't know. I tend to think that kind of thing uh, won't happen as much because I know there are some major bills um, being pushed through at, at a, a apparently what they are say is going to be a lightning speed, um, which I think are going to really try to save a lot of small businesses. But um, I think that the sense yeah. of community is also an important thing to leverage and, and people might want to buy those bonds as, as they call them in the tweet um, to help you support that. So we've had a couple of practices where we've implemented a, uh, a page. So this is what we mean by adapting the way you deliver to maybe a little bit more of an e-commerce point of view. And one of those easy ways to do that is to sell gift cards online and, and to do the same thing where maybe the person gets an additional account credit. So they buy a hundred dollars, they get $125 worth of account credit there at your med spa. It typically works, you know, best for non-surgical services. Um, Obviously I think trying to sell pre sell surgeries is kind of maybe not, something we would recommend. Um, But it works well in the non-surgical space. And all you really need is to set up a payment processing functionality on your website. And we've been, our guide goes over some recommendations on what you should do to do that. And we'll show you some examples here. Uh, Again, I'm referring to the uh, practice survival guide that we put onto our website, practice survival playbook. And you're looking at it here on my screen, but you can also see some examples here of pages that we've set up. Um, or you can purchase, uh, cards. Here are some examples where you will actually get your, are purchasing in this case, the screen I'm looking at here, they're being called a loyalty card. And there are some key differences between what, what is a loyalty card and a gift card. There are some laws and rules around gift cards, um, that, that you do need to know about. Um, and so some practices are choosing to call it a loyalty card because they can put an expiration date on it and so forth. If you wanted to say this is good for one year, something like that. Um, so think certain things with gift cards, the, I, you know, I think we can release more information about it, but in a future podcast, but my understanding is it largely has to do with, uh, not being able to have it expire. Uh, but here's some examples where as you purchase more services or larger amounts of what's being called a loyalty card here, you get additional complimentary bonus services and. An additional percentage off it's a different way of messaging the same concept of the restaurant where it was a, a discounted bond. anyhow, I think you get the concept. You get additional account credit. Here's another example here where if you purchase a $1,000 gift card, you'll receive an additional $200 to spend on any in-office treatment so
1: and I'll just say you know the re- part of the how we, we would message this to any practice or any of our practices that we're doing this for that are interested in this. Is we know you know in the case of a Botox patient or you know any sort of recurring ongoing non-surgical procedure we know they're going to spend the money on it if they can do it at a discount it helps incentivize a now versus a then sort of a purchase and uh, you, you know to to the whole point of discussing this there was there was a practice that we helped do this with at the end of last year. And I think in a period of like a week, they made about seventy to $80,000 of just future purchases. Yeah, so in that particular case, it, 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 was,
0: a, it was a holiday promotion. Um, and I think it was about two to three weeks, Adam, but we did, sold for sure over $70,000 worth of services. And, uh, and yeah, exactly. It, the, the question is whether or not if you're looking for immediate income, you might want to trade off you know, sell future services for immediate income. And it's a way to bring some money in the door. And we've seen it be successful. What our stress has been to act quickly and get these uh, payment processing services integrated into our clients' websites very quickly. We began on most of this Monday or Tuesday. Here we are, it's Saturday the 21st. And we've set it up for many of our clients and we're seeing it be successful. And again, there is an opportunity there to rally your community around you through this and 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 take these people who are already going to spend a certain amount of money on their skincare, on their Botox, on other non-surgical services and get them to go, okay, well, I, I know I'm already going to do it, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll do it now if that helps. And it helps them get a savings. And this is another thing that you should be messaging through email again if you have an email list to mark to market to so uh that's just again one of the important strategies that we've been we've been helping clients to uh implement
1: one thing i'll say on that which is you know i don't want this to come across as a bleak thing but you know in circumstances where the economy has been not in a great state there's the datum that uh back in the twenties when the great depression happened that people would, if they had $2, dollars they'd spend $1 on some bread and $1 on some lipstick. Uh, I'm, I'm bringing that up because I, I don't think that we're going to reach that state or anything close to that at, at, with this whole COVID-19 disruption. But I do think it's important to know that um, to, to not, to not discount, don't discount the fact, like don't think that your, your patients or your potential patients are going to not think with any aesthetic concern whatsoever. You know, they will, they still will. And, and uh, there will be money that they will be willing to put towards it. It's not a futile effort. So it's important to keep
0: that in mind. Yeah. I think another thing is, like I mentioned before, right now, there's been a lot of questions, a lot of confusion, a little hysteria. I think that's going to settle down. And I think then people really are lacking entertainment options right now with sports shut down, with music festivals shut down. And they're stuck at home and they are definitely online. And we've seen uh, examples of a number of streaming services and video conference services being, you know, maxed out because so many people are using them right now. There's a definite chance right now to put out messaging. To This is a, a time to manage your communication strategy very tightly and to put out digital content. That could be an email. That could be a podcast. That could be a webinar. That could be new pages on your website. But just communicate. Uh, at a very high volume right now with your audience, and I think also that consumer confidence is is going to increase over the coming weeks as some of the new legislation relief acts are coming out, and I think you 'll see people bored at home and they 're ready to buy because they'll all that we really need for them to be able to do that is confidence that you know everything's going to kind of come back to normal so I think the gift card strategy is is actually a very effective one. I think the telemedicine strategy of saying we're doing consults is all going to become even more effective and more real over the next few weeks. Yeah, agreed. Another thing that we're recommending that people do um, is, is uh, implementing. If you don't already have a chat feature on your website, we do recommend you implement it, but there's some important things we would not recommend that you would implement when, you know, typically with the way that chat used to work, it's changed a lot. Someone would, come to your website, start a conversation. If nobody answered them right away, they left and you couldn't ever get them back. That is not a good strategy. But there are a number of platforms, Adam, I don't know if you want to speak to this, that I think we could recommend.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you spoke to me three to five years ago, I probably would have said, don't waste your time on having a web chat function on your website. I would definitely not say that now. In fact, we're encouraging every one of our clients to have it because uh, even though it might look similar in how, in how it appears on your site with just a little icon in the bottom corner that you can click on and it pops up, functionality and uh, the ever-changing uses of different communication mediums has brought that, that whole experience light years farther than what it was three to five years ago. So we at Influx have, have spent more hours than I wish I could, uh, you know, I, I wish we didn't spend as many hours we as we could We have some of them back. We, yeah, we've invested some time into really looking at what systems we liked and what systems we didn't like. And, and the reality is there's really just kind of one key type of approach that we like that we've seen be very effective. And that is you click the pop-up and you put in your information. And, and the information you're putting in is or the, that the new patient or the person, even if it's an existing client, is, is putting in is, this, is simply just their name and their phone number. And it pushes the entire conversation over onto their mobile device. Um, Podium is a company that I think is the first company I saw implement that. There's now a handful of others. Um, another company is called Swell. Both Podium and Swell are both based out of Utah, actually. Um, they both have really good products. Uh, Swell, I, I'd say, has put more of a focus on the medical industry. Um, but they both have very good products, slightly different price points. If, you guys have, if, if any of you are existing clients that's watching this or, or listening to this, or if you are interested in just getting more information, you can always reach out to us and we're happy to sort of connect you with any of those two companies and give you, explain to you the differences because as I said, we've spent uh, many hours evaluating those products. But essentially how it works is you, they put in their number, it pushes it over to, their, to the mobile device, and uh, if, let's say it's after hours, so let's say it's one in the morning and a person's just doing some late night searching, they'll get a notice saying, hey, you've caught us after our current hours, we'll reach out to you in the morning. The next morning when, when you or a patient care coordinator or your receptionist or whoever it is comes in and whoever's taking those leads that come in, you can immediately reach back out to that person. And as we all know, we live in the day and age where everyone is carrying a computer with them, which is their phone. So you can reach them whether they're at the gym, whether they're at home, and, and you don't have to uh, lose that potential lead that you would have had. Where in in legacy systems, you had to be on the computer right then at that time. So those are the kind of chat platforms that we're we're having
0: all of our clients put onto their sites and what we found to be the most effective. Exactly. And so we recommend that practices do this regardless. Um, It can be a question of trying to figure out who's going to manage it, depending on how how well staffed you are. Um, But when you're using one of these SMS or text-based platforms, it makes it a lot easier if both of the ones that we recommend have a mobile app, which makes it also easier to answer on the go. And again, you don't lose the lead if you don't message with them immediately while they're on their website, which makes it a little bit easier to do it. Um, you know, if you have a very busy practice manager who can't do this on a full-time basis, no, I, most don't have that kind of luxury, they could still get to those. We recommend this regardless, but why we recommend it now and why it's a part of our practice survival playbook here for COVID-19 is... Your ability, your capacity to communicate with your patient base is tremendously increased and increased and becomes much more efficient with one of these systems in place. And you'll find, you might find yourself overwhelmed with questions right now from potential and existing patients, maybe patients that are current cases right now that are on your books that you're doing follow-ups with and so forth. This is going to help you to really message and communicate with them. And, and, And as Adam mentioned, we, well, I don't know if you mentioned this, Adam, but we're in partnership with both of those platforms. And actually right now we have um, the, the CEO of swell um, is extending an offer where we're able to get some of our clients. Um, 60 days. Is it 60 days?
1: Yeah. Yeah. 60 days of using the chat platform, um, which I recommend anyone who hasn't signed up with them or who wants to sort of test drive the product. Now is a really good time to give it a shot. Um, also one other thing I'll throw in, and honestly I'm realizing we could probably do an entire podcast on the subject of, Answering services and managed chat platforms, but along those lines, we've spent time doing that. And if any of you guys have considered using a managed chat uh, platform, yeah, where yeah. essentially a chat comes in and it's it's answered by a third party service, um, I'm sure there's plenty of services out there who are working to make that experience better and to improve the skill of the people answering those. But I'm not recommending them right now. I've just seen too many of those uh, not go as well as it sounds or seems, and so again. I'm, I'm recommending only something like a swell or a podium where they have that. And then someone in your actual practice is the one who's answering. That's all.
0: Yeah. Right. I've only seen that done well by one company that's specific to dental. It's a company called simplify. Um, we know them and, uh, we know their CEO as well and, and they've done, they do an okay, a a good job actually. However, um, that's not really a strategy that we recommend right now while what we're recommending the SMS platform four is for you yourself to be or your or your staff to be able to easily communicate with all of your patients right now who come to your website you can have a little pop-up that says we're here you can text us if you have any questions and it's just an immediate conduit between you your practice and your patients um so we think that's extremely important um another thing and this is a little bit more general but we we're generally just recommending that that our our clients take this time to to try to get ahead and, pr- and to prepare for kind of your comeback for for your reemergence, we think the practices that are that are you know really on top of the ball here are going to be the ones that come back to full health quickest. There's a number of things you could do. We do actually have interestingly several of our clients and new clients coming on board saying this is a good time um, for me to focus on. Rebuilding my website. I've been something I've been wanting to do for a long time. I don't feel my old website really properly reflects my brand. And this is a time to do it. Um, It's definitely a time to create content. It might even be a time to work on your review strategy. I have some thoughts about that. I've seen some companies recommending that. And I I could see that being an effective thing. By the way, um, Swell, which we recommended, also has a very killer review product. And again, implementing something like Swell for both chat and review it's also just a good time to do it because it takes a little bit of your time and attention to get these things into play. So even just taking the time to do that right now so that you can come back ready to, ready to crush, so to speak, um, is a good idea. In terms of how you would do your review strategy right now, I wouldn't recommend blasting out to uh, a large list and say, hey, give us a review. I don't know if that makes sense right now if people are in a mode to just write you a random review. I think very deliberate, specific outreach to specific patients might make sense. Of course, you want to make sure you're not doing that with Yelp, and again, we could do a whole other podcast um, about reviews, but um, I think if you're being very specific about who you're reaching out to right now, could be a time to try to get more reviews. Adam, I don't know if you have anything you want to add there. No, I I think that I would just echo that sentiment. I don't know that um,
1: blasting reviews right now, other than if there's something some way that could be done productively with specific people. But other than that, I, I would really focus my efforts on a lot of the other things we've talked about here. I think that's going to be, we always look at, um, I don't know. There's a lot of terms growth hacking, but essentially what's the lowest hanging fruit of how in yes. the given circumstance we can get you the biggest bang for the buck right now. And, uh, you know, the, the one end of the spectrum is close everything down, do nothing. Um, it's a total loss and, and apathy. And I think that if, if that, that level of operating, not to sound savage, but I think that that's going to result in, uh, not much, it's not going to be great. Whereas if you can find a place of cause and you can figure out how to drive your practice into a place where, uh, you don't take an apathetic view and you look at the fact that we are going to come out of this and you figure out and, and work with either us, if you're one of our clients or you, with your team, if they're effective to implement some of these strategies, I think that that is the real. It's, it's almost a mindset difference and it's, and it's a level of risk tolerance difference. But I, I would recommend, we, the things we're recommending are what are the lowest hanging fruit ways of how you can get some effort going that I think is going to result in some kind of revenue for you in these weird times.
0: So. Yeah, I'll also mention, I think that as, again, I've alluded to these things, I don't know what's going to happen with the various small business relief acts that are, are coming through right now or are or, or going to be voted on shortly. However, I, I, I'm watching that closely and I think things are going to happen where we're going to, we're going to find out that small businesses are going to have access to lots of capital in some cases that they might not even have to pay back. And I think the natural reaction to that is going to be okay, fine. I'm just going to lay low then. And I still think that's the wrong move. I think that you're going to fall out. Uh, you're going to lose momentum. You're going to fall out of touch with your patient base. And it's going to take you longer to come back. And I wish I could say, this is a great time to go on a vacation. But unfortunately, it's, it's also not that. <laughs> so <laughs> it, there's only so much like streaming you're going to do on Netflix or something right now. Take, this, take a little bit of time every single day. Make sure to also get out for a walk and, and so forth. But take a little bit of time every day and work on these strategies so you don't just completely... Fall into oblivion. I think we're very aggressive when it comes to marketing and in terms of, as Adam mentioned, what can we do versus just go, well, there's nothing we can do about it. And I think that's something that that we've, that's just kind of part of our our philosophy and our values. DNA, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's never nothing you can do. Sure, sometimes things suck. Sometimes you can't fix it overnight, but there's always something you can do. And that's generally kind of the whole attitude about this guide that we put out. A couple other quick examples I'll go over is when it comes to Facebook advertising, something we've seen that's extremely effective is a simple video from the doctor themselves speaking about a particular procedure, uh, or maybe even just speaking about their philosophy, their practice philosophy, and their approach. Um, and, it, and it can be a simple iPhone video, just, you know, it doesn't have to be fancy. And we've seen these work really well in our Facebook advertising uh, to get leads. However, it's it's really hard to get the doctors to do this when they're very busy. Now's a great time to do it. Maybe we'll put out some content, um, giving you a little more instructions on how to do it. But now's a great time to create content. Don't even overthink it. Go right now on Instagram, go live and talk to your audience. Talk to patients, tell them what's going on. We can take that and cut it and edit it into something that we can use for ads. So it's a great time to create content. It's a great time to connect with your audience who is again sitting as a captive audience right now um and there's a number of other things that you can do during this time which will which is covered on our website again go to influxmarketing.com and you'll see prominently on our homepage uh, a link to this article that we put out and you'll be able to download the guide if you want to get the full practice survival playbook which we recommend and um so so that's I think that's the majority of what we wanted to cover here today. We're going to be coming to you guys with more updates both on how we're pivoting on marketing strategies and uh, while we're definitely not experts on all the political relief or tax strategies or financial fiscal reform or, or, or fiscal uh, measures that are going to be rolling out here, we're watching it closely and we're going to be putting out content to make sure that you're aware of those things. For example, right now, um, there is something in. It's supposed to be voted on by as early as Monday. I've heard, which would be, I guess, the 23rd, where they're trying to get 300 billion bucks put together. No big deal, just a cool 300 billion for small businesses. And if it is passed, um, any funds that you you can take a loan, and any funds that are used to keep uh, your employees on their current payroll will potentially be forgiven as a grant, which is quite interesting. Um, there's also already SBA loans in place, which I think have an interest rate of 3.75%. And the terms are negotiable on an individual basis, but uh, they can be as up to, up to 30 years, which makes it extremely affordable to pay back. They have a thing called SBA Express that is uh, a line of credit, which I think is interesting too if you don't want to take on an entire loan, but maybe just get some a line of credit there for cash flow purposes which uh, typically has a cap of 350,000, which is being increased to 1 million. There's more things happening. The IRS just issued something, Adam, you looked at over more so than I have at this point, but the IRS just issued something yesterday.
1: Yeah. On, honestly, I think we could do, you know, as we crunch some of the details of this and we really figure out how it translates to again, medical practices, who is, uh, who were, who were care for. Those are our, our primary focus here. Um, how, how some of these constantly uh, coming out and evolving laws and, and new legislation that's happening, I think we, we should try to distill them down and see if we can kind of give as best we can relatively soon a cheat sheet for different yeah. medical practices of how they might be able to utilize some of these different products that are coming to provide some relief. But the, the one you're referring to is, uh, and that was approved on the 18th, and I think the IRS officially kind of translated that into how it's being implemented yesterday afternoon which talks about a two-week paid leave for coronavirus-related health concerns. And it's debatable whether or not that means you have to have someone directly afflicted by the illness or if it's due to stay-at-home orders or things like this. So we'll work to see if we can, you know, we're not we're not accountants and we're not uh, financial advisors in that regards, but we're going to do our best to at least provide a direction for you guys to look at um, or a place to go to help look at kind of a summary of what these different uh, products are and how they might be able to help your practice.
0: Absolutely. So stay tuned for that. And yeah, I mean, I think to your point, I just want to say this kind of in closing here, Adam, you mentioned we care a great deal about our clients. I think a big part of our core values is that we recognize that uh, each of our clients, each, each of our, our doctors, are they're entrepreneurs, they're family people, they have family and and a staff to take care of, and we want to partner with them to bring them real solutions and real help in their business. Uh, We study marketing strategies across the full array of small business all the way up to we've worked with Fortune 500 companies and tech startups on the front lines of of marketing technology. We want to bring all these technologies to small business owners who deserve to have a, a real partner who's in their corner. So that's kind of the spirit behind all of these, all of this content we're putting out is we hope it helps. We'll point you in the right direction. We're also, we're going to be coming to you with more of these podcasts over the coming weeks and we'll bring guests on who can maybe help shed light on some of these matters. And we'll just do our best to, to hopefully be a little bit of an inspiration and a little bit of a guide through what's a really interesting time for all of us. Uh, So I hope it helps. I hope you enjoyed the episode today and, uh, Stay tuned for more, and we'll be coming back to you from live from our from our bedrooms uh, as we're hunkering down. And um, again, hope you enjoyed it. Take care, everybody. Talk to you soon. bye Bye now.